In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. To exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Welcome to the main event. Happy 4th of July weekend, everybody. We're out there uh, celebrating what we used to know as America while we're social distancing and you can't go to fireworks, fireworks demonstrations. And if you're in Riverside County, you can't have your own, although I know everyone's going to have their own anyway. And uh, because we don't have any police that can can, uh, enforce it and uh, you can't go to restaurants or bars now in in most of the 19 counties. So, uh, but have a great barbecue in your backyard and invite everybody over and don't social distance. And uh, because coronavirus is a farce and, uh, oh, but that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. But anyway, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the reasons I think it's a farce. I'm going to talk about everything that's going on in this country. Like I always do when you're going to get my opinion of it. 
And if your opinion differs, too bad. So anyway, uh, before I do, let me introduce myself. For those of you that don't know, I'm Ed Hoffman from Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities, whether you're looking to own a property or you already own a property and like to refinance it, or you're thinking about one of those those uh, reverse mortgage things. If you need financing for buying, refinancing, reverse mortgage, any of that stuff, and you want to talk to someone who thinks like you, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, dear night, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get some information on uh, any of that stuff, that real estate financing stuff, but you don't want to talk on the phone, go to edhoffman.net. That's E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo. That'll take you to my lending page. And that will uh, you can fill in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. And you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, or Brian Goodman. We will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Might also be any other kind of financing puzzle as well because we, we're not a one-size-fits-all lender. We'll help you design your, your financing program that makes sense for you or based on what debt you have, what debt you want to get rid of, or what debt you want to, uh, what your strategy is for payoff in 30 years, payoff in 20 years, payoff in 15 years. However you want to do it, we'll help you, we'll help you find the, the, right, the right move. Uh, follow me on, uh, oh, if you hear anything on the, on the show that you want repeated or you want to share it with somebody or you missed part of it, you can get the podcast on edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can subscri subscribe for free and every week when we upload it it'll download to your your phone or your computer or your iPad your iPod your mini pad your maxi pad or anything else you can listen to podcasts on I'm sure there's a lot more devices than I realized and uh, you can listen to it on demand follow me on Twitter where I tweet about current events all week long and uh, sometimes I even say things I shouldn't and I can't say on the radio but uh, my uh, my name on Twitter is at Ed Hoffman I didn't have to put any numbers there because I signed up real early, even though I didn't really get involved in it till about three or four or five, six years later. Um, the Facebook page for the show is uh, facebook.com slash the main event, the main event at Hoffman and follow me, follow the show there. And uh, if you have comments on the show, send an email to ed at edhoffman.net. And uh, I get to see all those. So anyway, let's talk about what's going on. Uh, every movement has its unintended consequences, and the anti-cop movement sweeping the nation is no different. In New York City, where both the mayor and the governor are siding with the looters and the vandals over their own police, uh, their officers are leaving the force in mass exodus. The NYPD released data that shows 272 officers submitted their retirement papers from May 25th to June 24th, May 25th being the day that George Floyd was killed, and the protests all began the next day on May 26th. And quite frankly, I tweeted out a couple days ago, hey, all you, all you cops that are uh, thinking about resigning or retiring uh, when, you, when you're working for cities that don't support you and don't back you up and for governors and mayors and all that, I say, we support you leaving. Go ahead and resign. Go to a place where they actually support the police and we will follow you. And you watch all those Democrat places that, uh, all the Democrat places that are, are currently not backing up the police, you'll find they'll be left with uh, no, no law, no order, no, no cops, no, uh, no taxpayers, no employers, no jobs. And uh, then, we'll see, then we'll see how they, how they get along then. 
Yeah, California will be all empty except for protesters and illegal aliens. What, what, how's that going to work? So anyway, I think you'll, as we talk about this, you'll see that um, at some point people come out of the ether. Meanwhile, Bill de Blasio and the New York City Council announced Tuesday that $1 billion has been cut from the New York PD's budget for the uh, next, next fiscal year. So what does that mean? Well, the, the, first of all, the July police class of over 1,100 incoming officers will be canceled, reducing their police force even more. So what does that mean? So typically uh, when guys are coming into the police force, they, they do about a six-month class and where they're trained on, on uh, laws and, and uh, tactics and trained on shooting and all kinds of different, all kinds of different things. They're immersed in it for six months. And uh, so they say the July, July class uh, will be canceled. Does that mean a class that's ending that these people are about to graduate and they're not going to be able to graduate so they won't be able to go work? Or is it a police class that's just starting? So we're not sure, but there's 1,100 more people that we're expecting to have jobs and they don't. School safety and crossing guards will be shifted out of the NYPD. I didn't really know that they had cops in the, uh, in the, uh, being crossing guards, but apparently that comes out of the budget. So they're going to take that out. All right. So that'll, uh, that'll go somewhere. Homeless outreach, that'll go back to the schools maybe. The schools will have to put up their own crossing guards, and, of course, that's where the money's going. So what, what's that accomplishing? Nothing. Um, school say, okay, uh, homeless outreach will be shifted out, to the NY, out of the NYPD. So maybe they have people that work for the police department or cops that, make a, that do a, a rotation on dealing with homeless people. So that'll be shifted out of NYPD. So what's that going to do? Nothing. They're just going to transfer it from one department to the other. Overtime will be curtailed. So you got a, you got a cop that's doing a high-speed chase or he's dealing with a, with a situation that he's been on since the beginning, and now it's time to clock out. So sorry. So if you're a criminal, if you're a criminal, you want to find out when the, when the shift changes are and, and commit, your, commit your crimes you know, right before that. So when, uh, so, you know, if you're an hour into it and the cops are chasing you, you know, they're going to have to clock out because we can't be having any overtime because Black Lives Matter doesn't like cops, which we all know that Black Lives Matter doesn't have anything to do with black lives because they don't care about black lives that are killed by black people. And they don't care about black lives that are killed by any other, per any other th doing any other thing, uh, anything other than being killed by cops. And when you go to donate to support that group, it goes right to an organization called Act Blue, which is basically the Democrat Party. So uh, you wonder why the uh, fundraising was so high in the last month. Hey, how come the Democrats out out uh, fund were fundrose fundrose? Is that the right word? They 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 raised more funds than the Republican Party did, probably because a lot of people thought they were given to Black Lives Matter, didn't realize that's the Democrat Party. So you know, stimulate stimulating. All these protests are stimulating these uh, these donations. I personally did not give to Black Lives Matter, and it's not that I don't like black people; it's that I just don't like the Democrat Party. So, and uh, and I just don't believe that this nation is a racist nation. I believe there are a few little racist pieces, but I don't believe this Black Lives Matter movement has anything to do with black lives or or anything. I think it's just Antifa. It's just an anti anti government. It's anarchist and terrorists that are trying to keep the country in chaos 
all the way till the election. I believe if there was no election this year, if there's no presidential election, we wouldn't be going through any of this stuff. No black, no uh, coronavirus locking down, no big racial racial uh, uh, riots, all this stuff. It's all being it's all being perpetrated on perpetrated on the American people to create chaos. And you know, for some reason, the Democrat Party thinks we're dumb enough to fall for it. And I'm from what I'm seeing, a lot of people are, but I'm not. So keep listening to me, and I'll keep you uh, seeing clear. Um, now here's where all, where all that money is going to go to. So $115 million for summer youth programming. Okay. What that means, I don't know. They're going to make some daycare. They're going to make some day camps for summer youth. Don't we have a uh, parks and recreation department in New York? So what, are the, what's that, what exactly is that going to do? $116 million for education. So I guess they're going to shift $100, $116 million out of uh, the police force, give it to the, to the school department, to the, the Department of Education, they're going to they're gonna hire the same people that just got laid off as crossing guards, and they're going to hire them back. And uh, for safety officials, they're going to hire them back. So that's just a big, that's just a big shuffle of the cards. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, what's the game with the, with the, uh, the cups and the little ball, um, whatever that is, where they're doing, hey, where's the, which, which uh, nut, which, uh, uh, nutshell or which cup has the has a little ball under it and they're shifting them all around that's all they're doing they're shifting money around to make everybody feel better okay 450 million dollars for new york central housing authority so this is all the city of of uh of new york this is not the state of new york this is the city of new york so um new york central housing authority which i assume is means money going to section eight and my guess would be that there's probably more. So section eight, for those of you who don't know, is low income people that need help in their housing. And if you've got kids, you apply for that. Say, hey, I can't afford housing. I need some help. And as long as you've got kids in your house, then you, 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 can, uh, you can apply for that. And they subsidize. So I have, I have one section eight renter. I have, I've had two section eight, two other section eight renters uh, in the past. And uh, basically, hey, the rent is $1,400. And Section 8 gives me $12.25 and the renter gives me $175. And it changes each year. And it changes each year and it's different for each person, but that's how they do it. So they're gonna they're gonna give out more vouchers for Section 8, is what I assume this means. And I would bet there's more vouchers in New York City than there are than there are landlords willing to rent to to Section 8 people because the price is too high. So $87 million is going to expand broadband in public housing. Yes, that means giving public housing tenants better internet. So they can sit around and uh, watch and play video games on their iPads and so while they're smoking weed and not getting jobs. Okay, so this is what defunding the police looks like in the nation's most populous city. Here's a big bird, Bill de Blasio, the mayor there, what he has to say. We have found a plan that will keep the city safe will achieve the billion dollars in savings, will allow us to redistribute money to youth programs and to communities that need it most. Uh, everything was with an eye to safety. You know what? Everything's with an eye to safety. What is any of this going to do about keeping anyone safe? Because in my eyes, in my eyes, and, and what I've seen throughout the years, too many police officers is still not enough. And you say, hey, they have too many police officers. They're just breathing down our neck. I have a friend that, that uh, told me when he was in the highway patrol, I don't know if he's still in the highway patrol, but he said the highway patrol has, their, their theme is in view patrolling. 
they want to be in view so people are conscious are conscious of of how they're driving so that people they don't want to be out there so they can pull more people over although you see sometimes they're waiting for you to speed and catch on but they want to be driving on the freeway so you see them and you consciously make the decision to not speed and not you know do uh unsafe lane changes and all that stuff that's the concept so if we have more cops patrolling it just makes everybody behave better doesn't mean they have to go arrest more people it means we keep keep our country safe keep our cities safe keep everything safe because we know that we know that's how it works so uh but why do we care so much about what they're doing in new york city because los angeles is the second most populous city in america and will probably follow new york's lead and who's going to follow la's lead San Bernardino, Riverside, and all the cities that surround them where most of you live. So pay attention because this stuff will spread like coronavirus. So meanwhile, the summer of love in Seattle's chop zone finally coming to an end and only two people had to die for it to happen. Remember how the 19-year-old, uh, how a 19-year-old died last week after the mob kept officers from reaching him when he was shot. And that's what made the mayor finally come to her senses. Well, protesters didn't listen. Now there's been another shooting, leaving a 16-year-old dead and a 14-year-old hospitalized in critical condition. This is going on at the same time that the CHOP mob declared that they would occupy the abandoned police precinct. And you know what? And we're just sitting back and just letting this crap happen. You know, those of you that are parents, kids want to be disciplined. Kids want rules. Kids want boundaries. And you say, hey, I'm going to be their friend. They really don't want me to tell them. They, they don't want me to tell them that they can't do stuff. Now, you're wrong. Those of you that have brought up kids all the way into adulthood and they're successful adults, they're paying their own bills, they're going to, to work every day and they're, and they're raising kids and doing all that stuff, you know kids want boundaries. And the most successful kids had boundaries when they were kids. So uh, Seattle's black police chief, Carmen Best, obviously she's a successful parent. She's showing leadership that the mayor and the governor, and Governor Inslee are not. After Chief Best said this on Monday, City crews started showing up quickly, quietly to remove the barricades from the city, from the six city blocks known as CHOP. We've had multiple other incidents, assaults, rape, robbery, and shootings. And so, you know, this is something that's going to need to change. We're asking that people remove themselves from this area for the safety of the people. If they care about people, they're going to have to try to help us to make it safe. So, you know, is this, is this news? This, oh, hey, you know what? This stuff is happening, so it's going to have to stop because people are just going crazy. Crime rates are, are up 150% in Democrat-run areas that they're just letting this stuff happen. Hey, you know what? This is the new movement. We have to respect people. Wrong. They have to respect authority. They have to respect other people. And that's, and that's what makes our country have, have law and order, and that's what keeps the peace. Uh, you know, surprisingly, surprisingly, for those of you that don't, don't see me on Facebook, um, Tuesday, I treated I treated uh, treated myself to a brand new American truck, and I bought a a, a new uh, uh, four wheel drive Chevy pickup, raised up all the all the bells and whistles, all fancy big wheels and tires and all that stuff. And uh, when I went into financing, there's a young guy, 23 year old Donnie Reynolds, that's uh, that says, "Hey, you know what?" When we started talking talking, he asked about my radio show, and then I said, and uh, we started talking. He goes, "You know, it's funny." Have you heard of Chaz? I said, you're the place that's you know, formerly Chaz. Now it's Chop in Seattle. He goes, yeah. He goes, you notice that they don't want cops and they don't want rules. But the first thing they did was put up walls around the zone. And did you notice that 
after they put up walls, the next thing they did was create like a militia there to keep the rules. Yeah, you know what? These people don't, don't know what, what they, hey, we don't want rules. We don't want walls. We don't have any limit. We don't want any limits. But the first thing they did, because they know that's how you keep, keep society going, you got to have rules and you got to have borders. You got to have, have some divisions there. And that's the only way things, things run. Of course, they didn't have trained, trained police to keep the peace, and hence, few people ended up dead. So uh, maybe things are starting to get back to normal after all, because, uh, because all of a sudden, we're all talking about Russia again. And that started happening on Monday. Here's how the story goes. Intelligence reports show that Russia paid bounty money to the Taliban for killing U.S. and coalition troops in Afghanistan. The evidence, according to the information leaked by the New York Times, uh, that they got from three an anonymous, everything's anonymous. It's like the whistleblower. So they got it from three anonymous intelligence officials. They said, American officials intercepted electronic data showing large financial transfers from a bank account controlled by Russia's military intelligence agency to a Taliban-linked account. You know what's funny is, how come nobody found out, uh, threw up a red flag when they saw large amounts of cash being transferred from the Russian government's uh, accounts to the Clinton Foundation, hmm, right at about the time that we gave them a third of our uh, uranium reserves. I don't know, but you know, maybe it's just a different, different, uh, different kind of, uh, of of paying attention when it happens when something happens with the Democrats involved. Okay, so investigators know the names of numerous Afghans in the network linked to the operation. One of them is a man believed to have served as an intermediary for distributing some of the funds, according to the leakers. He's now thought to be hiding out in Russia. So this is the leakers, the anonymous people that are leaking information that they heard happen through somebody else. Sounds kind of like how, uh, how we started the whole uh, Russia invest investigation and the Mueller report, because somebody said something to somebody who got somebody else drunk and made sure that they, somebody else asked him about something else. And you know, next, thing you know, next thing you know, they committed a crime by saying something to a government official. So anyway, this is, just, this is just the stupidity of people that they buy this crap. However, the intelligence community is still not in total agreement on the story. According to the New York Times, some of these conclusions were drawn after intelligence officers listened to captured Taliban members who described the bounty programs while being interrogated by our military. But again, this information came from leakers. But of course, all that really matters to the Democrats and the media is when Trump was briefed on all this, is when Trump was briefed on this, because of course, we're back to hearing about how the president is some kind of Russian agent. Here's Pelosi and Adam Schiff. This is as bad as it gets. And yet the president will not confront the Russians on this score. Denies being briefed, whether he is or not his administration knows. Just as I've said to the president, with him all roads lead to Putin. He will not, he will, I don't know what the Russians have on the president politically, personally, financially, or whatever it is. There may be a reluctance to brief the president on things he doesn't want to hear. Uh, and that may be more true uh, with respect to Putin and Putin's Russia. Many of us do not understand his affinity for that autocratic ruler who means our nation ill. I think this is such a bunch of BS because I listen to Trump and I never really hear him bring up Putin about anything. And I know he's got sanctions on them. And I know if you listen to the conversations between uh, uh, Sergei Kislyak and and incoming national security advisor uh, Michael Flynn, they were saying, "Hey, 
let's not make a big deal out of this stuff. You're going to say something, then we're going to have to react and you're going to have to react. And we both know we have a common enemy in the Middle East. We need to work together. That I think is what the president is supposed to do with, with their, uh, with, with Russia, keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer. So here's what white house press secretary Kaylee McEnany says. There is no consensus within the intelligence community on these allegations. And uh, in, in effect, there are dissenting opinions from some in the intelligence community with regards to the veracity of what's being reported um, and the veracity of the underlying allegations continue to be evaluated. I would just point you back to the absolutely irresponsible decision of The New York Times to falsely report that he was briefed on something that he, in fact, was not briefed on. So when I come back from the break, because I'm out of time for part one. But when I come back from the break, I'm going to give you some more some more details on this. They're going to go, wait a minute. This happened when? Anyway, stay tuned for five minutes of commercials, traffic, and weather. And I'll be back with part two. Don't go away. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about funding and real estate and financing on the radio because I know you guys think it's probably boring because you don't realize you're in the in the market for it. But if you figure it out and you need financing, call someone who th- thinks like you. 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo and we can do this the, the modern way. Through, uh, through the cyber links and all that stuff. Hey, so anyway, before we went to the break, we were talking about the new Russia, the new Russia uh, conspiracy where uh, the, apparently the Russia had put a bounty on killing, uh, killing the American, for, American soldiers and, uh, and our allies, and it's just, be, it's just coming out. Uh, Pelosi and Schiff are trying to, you know, they, what they want to, you know, they, they are really scared, scared out of their minds about the possibility that Trump could be reelected for a second term. And the possibility seems tremendous since they put up Joe Biden, who can't put two sentences together in a row and, and make any sense out of it. But, you know, I'm, and, I, and I'll tell you, I'm scared that they might pull it off. That, that's just scary. But I'll tell, you, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I think, and I'll tell you why people complain about the, the, the inequality of rich people getting richer and the poor people getting poorer because rich people think different than, than poor people and poor people are saying, Hey, you know what? They don't pay attention to what's going to really affect their lives and rich people do. And I'll tell you that I'm going to be heartbroken if Trump doesn't get reelected, but I'll tell you what people like me are thinking. If, if it happens, we're going to clean up because the jobs are going to go away. People are going to be hurting. People are going to lose their houses. And when, when those of you Democrats out there who say, hey, I'm going to put Biden in there because I hate Trump, and you lose your job and you lose your house, I'm going to pick it up as a foreclosure and I make money on that. So unless you want to transfer your wealth to me and guys like me, vote for Trump. I don't really want to take your wealth. I want to make sure this country stays intact for my kids and my grandkids. So anyway, um, so we, we had Pelosi and Schiff talking. I gave you Kaylee McEnany's uh, comment on it. And on the Republican side, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy had this to say. 
President Trump is doing everything he can to protect our American troops. But the idea of leaking information, not even knowing whether it's true or not in the process, and playing it out in politics is dangerous to all Americans who serve in our military anywhere in the world. Well, when I think about it, wasn't uh, the morale in the in the armed forces really low during the Obama years because he wouldn't give them the budget to make sure they had good body armor and the best and the best equipment and people were getting killed out there because bullets were piercing through their through their uh, the body armor they had and they were getting blown up and people were getting killed right and left because we wouldn't put the money into the military and wasn't it Trump who refunded all that stuff as soon as he got in. And wasn't it him who's out there to protect and said our military is going to have the best of everything so that they can do their jobs and stay alive doing it? And now they're suggesting that that Trump knew about this and didn't do something about it to protect our troops. It's it's just it's just the the hypocrisy is just amazing. And and then while we're talking about what Obama did, let's talk about someone who served under Obama, someone who's kind of new to us, Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana. He's another Republican who has lots to say on this. And in the, at the end of the day, Russia is the, is the winner on either side of the situation. If they put bounties on the heads of U.S. troops in Afghanistan, we might not ever know the facts about it so that we can hold them accountable. And if they didn't, they're succeeding once again at sowing discord in America today just prior to an election in 2020. And the New York Times is their partner in doing it. So what Jim Banks is saying is that that uh, by making a big deal out of this and bringing it out into the open, it, it basically says, hey, we can't do our investigation because somebody leaked it to the New York Times. And now the New York Times is, is putting it in everybody's face. And now the Democrats are making a big, big chaotic, uh, what do we call that? A bonfire, a uh, dumpster fire out of it. Had to remember what the, what the proper of loud on the radio words are for a, uh, uh, for a, I, won't, I won't say the other word. But anyway, so but while he's talking about how this is affecting Russia and how they're winning because of the the of the the way it's being out in the media, um, he tweeted. Banks had actually tweeted, and so Banks served in Afghanistan in 2014 and 15, and tweeted on Tuesday that it, that this occurred while he was serving. That's consistent with the Washington Post report that the bounty program may have begun in 2015. Trump, because they talk about him winning the 16 election, which I think was the end of 16. And I think if I remember, if I remember correctly, during uh, his inauguration, when we went out to Washington, D.C., I think that was January 20th, 2017. So I guess if this started in 15, I guess this wasn't Trump's doing. Why didn't Obama do something about it? So also Obama played a big role in getting Russia kicked out of the G8 in 2014. Was this Russia's revenge? Hmm. Unintended consequences, indeed. Uh, but nobody, nobody wants to talk about that. They just want to know when Trump knew about it. Pay attention, folks. They're pulling up. They're trying to pull the wool over your eyes. They're trying to. They're trying to. to they're trying. They're trying to take your life. They're trying to take your lifestyle. They're trying to scare you with coronavirus, uh, burn down your houses and your shops, and and keep you unsafe with the with the racial movement. And the, and the Black Lives Matter uh, thing that, hey, this is about racism when it's not about racism. It's about chaos and it's about, and it's about anarchy. If you're dumb enough to buy it, they're going to keep selling it. And the free market is always work. So the free market of intelligence 
a lot of those people out there, and hopefully none, none of you people that are listening to me, uh, you know, got shortchanged at the, at the grocery store, uh, at the free market there. So you got shortchanged and when it came to brains. So anyway, uh, let's talk about Joe Biden held his first press conference in three months on Tuesday at a school gym in Delaware, speaking to a small pool of socially distanced reporters uh, about the hot button issues of the day. But there was one topic he probably didn't expect. Those pesky dementia rumors, Fox News' Doug McElway wasn't afraid to go there and asked, he asked Biden if he had been tested for signs of cognitive decline. Here's Biden's response. I've been testing and I'm constantly testing. Look, all, you, all I got to do is watch me and I can hardly wait to compare my cognitive capability to the cognitive capability of the man I'm running against. And, uh, you know, did he say, I'm constantly tested? I'm tested constantly? Hmm. I wonder why. All you got to do is watch me and I can hardly wait. I know we're watching you and that's what we're concerned about. And I would imagine if he's being tested constantly, we're probably not the only ones that are concerned about it. Maybe they want to, uh, maybe they're looking for a reason to dump him at the last minute and put in, I don't know, Hillary Clinton or something, somebody. And that's going to, that's going to anger the Bernie Sanders people. So I don't know. Uh, why are, why are they testing him constantly? I'd be concerned about that. He also sounded off on, on monuments, uh, bringing a new approach to the conversation. Put the Confederate monuments in museums. I think the elected officials where those statues are have a responsibility to move. Put them in museums. Get them down. But don't expect if you have sitting in front of you after all these years and we finally, finally are going through another phase of maybe responding to the systemic racism in America and what we've seen happen is don't be surprised if someone pulls down the statue of Jefferson Davis. It's better that they do not. So uh, I don't know. You know, maybe it's better if we take those those statues and put them in museums. You have to kind of listen twice to get really what what he's saying. But he didn't say anything anyway. I listened twice. Didn't really say anything. But, uh, you know, instead, hey, you know what? If they're going to get pulled down, it's best if they're not. But why not just put them in museums? Hey, why not just arrest these little evil guys that are pulling this stuff down, that are destroying, destroying monuments, destroying uh, public property, destroying things that somebody put a lot of work into, destroying other people's businesses, burning down buildings. Let's, let's just put those buildings in, in, a, in a museum too, right, Joe? How about when we just enforce the laws? Why not just enforce the laws and make them respect authority and respect other people's property? Oh, no, that, that won't be a good thing. Uh, but the whole point of the press conference, according to the Biden campaign, was to criticize President Trump's approach to the coronavirus pandemic. Despite the administration's propaganda that their response should be a cause for celebration, despite President Trump's request that we should slow down testing because he thinks it makes him look bad, the COVID-19 is still here, and the daily threat to American health and prosperity is continuing. Month after month, as other leaders in other countries took the necessary steps to get the virus under control, Donald Trump failed us. And it seems like our wartime president has surrendered, waved the right flag, what white flag, and left the battlefield. We absolutely need a clear message from the very top of our federal government that everyone needs to wear a mask in public, period. You call yourself a cheerleader. 
We don't need a cheerleader, Mr. President. We need a president, Mr. President. So what did he really say there? I listened to that three times. And I'm going, what is he saying? We need to wear masks. Okay, but you know, the, we're getting such a, mix, a mixed bunch of messages from everybody. And we know that the COVID thing is all BS. We know that the numbers are all inflated because everybody dies of COVID. If you died, if you died, you died of COVID-19 because that's, that's what it is. Because, you know, if they're going to give me 13000 bucks to say COVID-19 instead of a heart attack, or if they're going to give me $13,000 to say COVID-19 instead of heart disease or cancer or a brain tumor. Yeah, he had a brain tumor. And, uh, and, uh, and he had a brain tumor, but the brain tumor was caused by COVID-19. And it grew in it, it grew from uh, March to today and because uh, of COVID-19. And that's what they died from. Come on. Come on, man. So what are they thinking? So this is, this is we, need to be, we need to be conscious of what's really going on, conscious of re- what's really going on and make decisions based on what's really happening. And all they're trying to do is shut businesses down, make us scared to go out. So we're not going to go out and be patriotic and talk about America and talk about freedom this weekend because they closed the bars and they closed the restaurants and they closed the beaches and they're closing national parks and they're closing everything because... We don't want you to get coronavirus. But what they really want is nobody, nobody to talk about America and think, think good things because the stuff the Democrats are doing is not America. So while we're on the coronavirus, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci want, once again testified on Capitol Hill this week, this time before the Senate Health Committee. Uh, the nation's foremost expert on coronavirus made a variety of statements, including everyone needs to keep wearing masks. Well, if we go back to all the statements he said, first, we didn't have to. Then we could if we wanted to. Now we're all going to die if we don't. And remember, two weeks ago, the media said you didn't have to listen to Dr. Fauci at all if you're going to a Black Lives Matter protest. So I don't know what is really important. What is really important there? Are we really concerned about people's health? Well, not if you're raising, not if you're, if you're raising the anarchy and chaos and, and, uh, and riots that make Trump look bad. So you don't, really, you don't really have to worry about being safe if you're going to a riot, if you're going to a protest. But, you know, for those of you guys that want to stand outside and watch fireworks, no, that's not going to be, that's not going to be healthy. Everyone needs to keep wearing masks. He also said schools can maybe kind of sort of reopen in the fall, but be open to modifying school schedules, alternating days, and even virtual lessons. And the Fauci claim you're probably hearing the most about New cases could increase to 100,000 per day if Americans ignore the CDC guidelines. You know what, before I say what he said, I want to say, hey, you know what, the country could, could actually cease to exist if you guys don't all listen to the main event. You know, if you guys don't listen to the main event, if you guys finance with anybody but me when you're financing your house, and uh, if you're giving to charity, make sure you give it to uh, somebody that I say. Don't give it to your church, give it to my church. Don't give it to these things, give it to the, those things. You know what, if, if I say that, will everybody follow that? I don't think so. So in that, if that's the case, Fauci's just a man. That's all. Here's what he said on Tuesday. I am also quite concerned. We are seeing evolve right now in several of the states. When states start to try and open again, they need to follow the guidelines that have been very carefully laid out with regard to checkpoints. 
What we've seen in several states are different iterations of that, perhaps maybe in some going too quickly and skipping over some of the checkpoints. We see people at bars not wearing masks, not avoiding crowds, not paying attention to physical distancing. So that was Tuesday. By Wednesday morning, Gavin Newsom issued orders that in 19, in 19 counties, all bars, all restaurants are to close for three weeks. And you know what? After a while, after a while, and, if, and anybody who doesn't comply is going to be fined. So they're going to come in and give you a ticket. And it reminded me of a scene from a movie called American Graffiti. Man, one of the reasons I stopped you is because the light on your license plate's out. I'm going to have to cite you for that. And Milner, the front end of this, this, this thing you're driving looks a little low. Oh, no, sir. No, no. It's 12 and a half inches, regulation size. Now, it's been checked several times. You can check it if you like, sir. Look, Milner. Listen, you can't fool with the law. Yes, sir. And we know that was you tonight. We have an excellent description of this car. I could run you in right now, and I could make it stick. But I'm not going to do that, Milner. You know why? I want to catch you in the act. And when I do, I'm going to nail you butt good. Happy birthday, Milner. Thank you. You're a regular JD. Probably under uh, CS over there. CS? What's that stand for? Chicken That's what it is. Yeah, I think uh, for those of you who've seen the scene, you know, he, uh, they give him a ticket and he said, oh, you're a regular JD. I assume that she means James Dean at the time because this is uh, 1962. And uh, and then it's, uh, then it's uh, I think it's 62. Where were you in 62? I think that was 1962. So uh, then he hands her the, the thing, the, his ticket and says, stick it in the glove box. It's full of them. Chat, file that under CS. So I, I, at a certain point, we're going to get tired of this. They're going to come in and give us fines, and we're going to say, yeah, okay, whatever. And we're going to file, the, file the, uh, the infraction with the fine attached to it in the round file. And we're just going to say, hey, enough. You don't control my life. And eventually that will turn into a civil war as you start to see things happening on the, on the news. So anyway, I'll talk more about that later. So the lone, lone voice of reason in this hearing the one who said what all of us have been thinking about Dr. Fauci being the figurehead who dictates how the rest of us live our lives was not surprisingly Rand Paul. It is a fatal conceit to believe any one person or small group of people has the knowledge necessary to direct an economy or dictate public health behavior. I think government health experts during this pandemic need to show caution in their prognostications. It's important to realize that if society meekly submits to an expert and that expert is wrong, a great deal of harm may occur when we allow one man's policy or one group of small uh, men and women to be foisted on an entire nation. Take, for example, government experts who continue to call for schools and daycare to stay closed or that recommend restrictions that make it impossible for a school to function. For a time, there may not have been enough information about coronavirus in children, but now there is. There are examples from all across the United States and the world that show that young children rarely spread the virus. There is converging evidence that the coronavirus doesn't transmit among children like the flu, that it is a lower risk. 
Just yesterday, the American Academy of Pediatrics says we got to get kids back in school. We want them physically present in school. Ultimately, this all comes down to the fatal conceit that central planners have enough knowledge somehow to tell a nation of 330 million people what they can and can't do. Yeah, and at some point, we're just going to say this is BS because everything's different everywhere. And you know what? This is a thing that I thought about was Ameri- the people, the human body builds up immunities. And from what I've seen, and we had someone tested positive in our office uh, two weeks ago, and he, uh, he started to feel sick on Tuesday, Wednesday, went home, got tested on Thursday, and he was better on Friday. He gets notified that Saturday that he was, that he was positive. You know what? Little kids are going to get through this in a day or two. Why not let some of them catch it and build up the immunity and we'll be done with this because we're waiting for a vaccine that does nothing more than put a little tiny bit of this virus in you so your body can fight it off and build up immunity to it. So here's, here's more wisdom from Senator Paul, including a reference to America's birthdays as we're preparing to celebrate this weekend. Perhaps our experts might think twice before telling the whole world that a COVID vaccine likely won't provide herd immunity. We don't know. No one knows the answers to these questions. We shouldn't presume that a group of experts somehow knows what's best for everyone. Only decentralized power and decision-making can arrive at what risks and behaviors each individual should choose. That's what America was founded on. Not a herd with a couple of people in Washington all telling us what to do and we'd like sheep blindly follow. Dr. Fauci, every day, virtually every day, we seem to hear from you things we can't do. But when you're asked, can we go back to school? I don't hear much certitude at all. I hear, well, maybe it depends. All of this body of evidence about schools around the world shows there's no surge. All of the evidence shows that it's rare. I mean, we've so politicized this and made it politically correct that the WHO releases that it's rare. And you have a scientist up there honestly giving her opinion. What happens to her? She's blackballed and her, her report that she refers to is taken off the website. All I hear, Dr. Fauci, is we can't do this. We can't do that. We need to not be so presumptuous that we know everything. Exactly. And those people that speak different. If I was part of the medical community, they would have blackballed me because I have an opinion and I think common sense tells most of you that I'm right. So you can't go to the beach in LA County for Independence Day. Most cities have canceled their 4th of July events, but in South Dakota, Mount Rushmore will be the site of a spectacular fireworks show hosted by the National Park Service and attended by President Trump. Naturally, liberal media is rabidly proclaiming that watching fireworks with your fellow Americans is a public health hazard, but protesting isn't. Here's what South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem says to them. In South Dakota, we've told people to focus on personal responsibility. Every one of them has the opportunity to make a decision that they're comfortable with. Uh, So we will be having uh, celebrations of American independence. We will have a large event at July 3rd. We told those folks that have concerns that they can stay home. Uh, But those who want to come and join us uh, will be giving out free face masks if they choose to wear one. But we won't be social distancing. We're asking them uh, to come, be ready to celebrate, to enjoy the freedoms and the liberties that we have in this country and to talk about our history and what it brought us today with an opportunity to raise our kids in the greatest country in the world. Yeah. What's scary is that our grandkids and our great grandkids may never know the same country that we grew up in if we don't speak out and we don't 
you know, it's, Hey, I'm preaching to the choir. Cause I know a lot of you guys already think like me, you need to be repeating what I'm saying to your families and your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers and make sure that this spreads. Someone's going to get lit up and then they're going to touch somebody you can't. And in response to the media outrage that racist Mount Rushmore still exists, here's the governor again. Our history is incredibly important to this country and what we stand for. It's what makes America special. You know, our leaders have flaws, absolutely. But when we focus on the flaws, we miss the virtues and the lessons that they can teach us. Uh, so I think this is a wonderful opportunity for us to celebrate America's birthday, uh, to join together and have some unity and really focus on opportunity in America. And perhaps that's what they don't want to talk about. Yeah, they don't want to talk about opportunity. They don't want to talk about freedom. They don't want to talk about the things that made America great. They don't want to talk about how how we all fought. Well, we all fought. I wasn't I wasn't here yet. But how how white and black people vote uh, fought and died to make sure that we we uh, freed the slaves. That we fought to keep uh, other countries out of our country. We fought for our freedom, and you know, thousands of thousands of uh, of soldiers died fighting for our freedom and tyranny from uh, from Great Britain and where the, where all the where all the people came from originally and people have fought to get away from there to come to here nobody's trying to break out of the United States people are trying to break out of other countries to come to come to us why because we're the greatest country on the face of the earth not because there's things wrong and that we have to make change it's time to change i want to go back to to how we were cuz we've always been great and we somehow we find the find the errors of our ways and we ways and we fix them. Hey, everybody, have a great Fourth of July weekend. Celebrate this country; it's still the greatest country in the world. And be ready for what happens what happens in uh, November third. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number nine nine two one, California DRE ID number one zero one two six five eight, Arizona MLO license number zero nine two six four three nine, Branch NMLS ID number one eight four one seven eight two, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number three one nine nine, Arizona license number zero nine two five eight three seven, Equal Housing Opportunity.